Hey everyone, good morning. I want to welcome you to Toronto City Church and to our online worship experience. I always say this, but I'll say it again. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for joining us, whether you're part of the TCC family, whether you're part of the larger family of God, tuning in from another place. We're so glad you're here. We're excited once again just to be connecting today, pressing into God, pressing into what he's doing. We are looking forward to when we can get back together in person. But you know, even when we do that, we're still really going to continue to lean in here online just because that's that's part of what we feel God's doing in this time. Uh, I'm actually going to be talking to you a little bit more about that today. So, a couple practical things just as we start things off today. It's the first Sunday of the month. Now, usually, we would do a healing school Sunday, but I felt just with our legacy series and really today being our legacy offering that I wanted today to bring more of a focus around legacy and finishing things off and doing that. So, it won't be healing school Sunday this month, but it is still going to be really the focus on finishing legacy. We are going to be doing communion though. So I just want to encourage you, make sure you have your communion elements ready. At the end of my message, we're going to take communion together and we are going to pray over the legacy offering and pray over what people are giving and sowing into what God's doing. So let's pray right now. I just want to commit this word to the Lord. I want to commit this time to the Lord and then we're going to dive right into things. Father, we come before you today in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for this beautiful Sunday in June. And we thank you for this opportunity we have to connect once again. Lord, we thank you for what we've been focusing on just for the last number of weeks on legacy. We thank you for the opportunity we have to take communion today. We thank you for the opportunity we have to give and to sow today. And Lord, we just commit this time, I commit this next, you know, next 25, 30 minutes to you, Father. Holy Spirit, we welcome you to come and just to move wherever we are, wherever context we're watching in, just even as I'm here filming here in the assembly, we welcome you to move. We welcome you to speak to us. We welcome you to touch. We want to hear from you. We don't just want a nice sermon or a, a, a nice message. We want to hear from you. And we want to be obedient to what you're saying to us. And so we thank you for this in Jesus' name. And everyone agreed with me, said, amen. All right, well, as he said, we are finishing up Legacy 2021. And for this entire series, for the last four weeks, we've been talking about the power of being a generational people. We've talked about how God is a generational God. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And as we walk with him, and as we catch his heart, we become generational people. That we don't just think about the here and now, but we think about building for generations. We think generationally. We believe generationally. We pray generationally. We give generationally. And we build generationally. And so, at the end of the message today, as, as, as I've already mentioned, we're going to pray into this, and we're going to really commit this heart to the Lord. I, I really believe this, this season, just in, in this series and this season, God wants to level us up into a new place of legacy and thinking and believing and praying and building genera generationally. We're going to have an opportunity to pray over our legacy offering, and as I mentioned, we're going to take communion together. So let's dive right back into the Word of God. I want to go back to our foundational scriptures for... Uh, First, Matthew 16, 18. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. 
Again, this verse speaks to us that Jesus is building his church, but he is inviting us to join him in building. He's inviting us to be part of what he's building. God always wants to work in partnership with us. God always wants us to join him as sons and daughters in the work that he is doing. And so he's building his church. And I love the promise. And just remember this, guys. The gates of hell will not prevail against his church. COVID-19 will not prevail against his church. The shakings in the world around us will not prevail against his church. Rising persecution will not prevail against his church. The gates of hell, the strategies of the enemy will not prevail against his church. Come on, somebody where are right now say, Jesus is building his church. Come on, and I want you to declare the gates of hell will not prevail. Now, what kind of church is he building? Well, we were looking at Jeremiah 17, 7 to 8, where it says this, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is in the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that send out, send out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green. And is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. So Jesus is building his church. And the kind of church that he is building is he's building a church that is planted by streams of water. He's building a church that does not fear when heat comes. He's building a church that's leaves remain green and is not anxious in a year of drought. He is building a church who does not cease to bear fruit. This is the kind of church that Jesus is building. And I want to encourage you, take Jeremiah 17, 7, 8 as a rhema in this world, in this season right now, and in what's going on in the world. Take it as a rhema, guys, because I believe this is a rhema for us. We can choose what we are going to believe in this season. And we can choose what we're going to be listening to. And we can choose what we can align ourselves to. You know, there's a, a, a verse in the scriptures, and it was an old song. I remember we used to sing growing up in church, but it's whose report will we believe? We will believe the report of the Lord. Whose report will you receive? We will receive the report of the Lord. His report says, I am healed. His report says, I am filled. His report says, I am free. His report says, victory. I want to encourage you. I know some of you are just humming along with me. You remember that song. I know some of you younger ones are like, what? What song is that? But here's the whole point. Whose report are you going to believe? In the name of Jesus, let's believe the report of the Lord. There's a lot of reports going on in the world around us. There's a lot of things that are being said. What we've got to learn to do is we've got to learn to turn some things off and turn on the word. Turn some things off and turn on what God is saying to us. We will believe the report of the Lord. We are a tree planted by water. We are not going to cease to bear fruit. We are not going to be afraid when he comes in Jesus' name. This is the church that Jesus is building. And last but not least, this led us when we talked about 2 Kings 20, 16 to 19. And let me just read verse 16. It says, Then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord. Behold, the days are coming when all that is in your house and that which your fathers have stored up till this day shall be carried to Babylon. Nothing shall be left, says the Lord. And some of your own sons who will come from you, whom you will father, shall be taken away, and they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. Then Hezekiah said to Isaiah, The word of the Lord you have spoken is good. For he thought, Why not? if there will be peace and security in my days. So guys, we've been talking about Jesus is building his church. 
We've been looking for this rhema word from Jeremiah 17 of the kind of church, the strong, robust, fruit-bearing church that he is building in this time. But then this passage was more of a sobering reminder for us of the way we don't want to think. This is a, almost, a, it's a reminder of what we don't want to fall into. And the trap is this, where we have a Hezekiah mindset, where we are glad for peace and security in our days, but we are not concerned about the generation that's coming. See, again, remember, legacy is all about building for coming generations. Legacy is about what are we building that we are passing on? What baton are we passing on to the next generation? What are we sacrificing for now so the generation that's coming can go higher and further and faster, that our ceiling becomes their floor, right? That's what legacy is all about. But see, if we have a Hezekiah mindset, we are more focused on what's easy for us, our peace, our comfort, our security, it at the expense of the upcoming generation, right? I said this a couple weeks ago, but I want to say it to you again. When we choose security because we are afraid of suffering, we sacrifice the next generation. Let me say that again, guys. I want to burn this into our hearts. When we or if we choose security because we are afraid of suffering, we end up sacrificing the next generation. In the name of Jesus, I just declare over your life today, I declare over Toronto City Church, we will not choose security because we're afraid of suffering, but we will do whatever we need to do to lay the foundation for the next generation. We will build a legacy in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody wherever you are right now, say, I will build a legacy. Come on, say it again. We will build a legacy. And it's not going to be in our own strength. It's not going to be by might nor by power, but it's going to be by his spirit. And so in closing today, before, again, we take communion, we pray over the legacy offering and pray over the opportunities that people have to give, I want to talk to you about building a gospel legacy. This is something the Lord has really been stirring in my heart. It's something that I believe is in many ways going to set the tone for the second part of this year. It's definitely going to be a theme and set the tone as things begin to reopen. But I want to talk to you about building a gospel legacy. Come on, somebody say gospel legacy. I want you to turn with me to a passage I'm sure you're very familiar with. But again, we, we have to be very cautious. Sometimes we're used to verses, and so they lose the power to speak to us. But all of God's word should be speaking to us at all times. So let's go to Mark 16, 15 to 18. This is often called the Great Commission, or it's part of the Great Commission that Jesus has given. And it says this, verse 15, it says, and he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Come on, somebody say gospel. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, and whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. If they pick up serpents with their hands, and if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick, and they will recover. That's from the English Standard Version. I love the New Living Translation. It says this, and he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Come on, somebody say, preach the good news to everyone. Preach the good news to everyone. Now today, there's three things, three real simple things I want to show you from this passage I want us to reflect on together. First is the word go. Wherever you are right now, I just want you to say go. All right, let's go. God is calling us to go, guys. 
God is calling us to go. Let me say that one last time. God is calling us to go. Now, we know based on this passage that the call to go is a call for the capital C church, the church around the world at all times. It hasn't changed from when Jesus first spoke this. But I feel in this season, even as we're coming through this pandemic, I know we're not out of it fully yet, but as we're coming through this season, as we're coming through what God is calling us to walk through, I know in this season that there is just a fresh Holy Spirit emphasis on going. There's a fresh Holy Spirit emphasis for his church. There's a fresh Holy Spirit emphasis for us here in Toronto City Church to go. God is calling us to go. You know, one of the strategies of the enemy in every season, but really in this season, has been getting us to hold back, right? To getting us to shelter in place to getting us to obey a stay-at-home order. Now, I'm not preaching against a physical stay-at-home order, but here's what I'm preaching against today. I'm preaching against a spiritual stay-at-home order. I'm preaching against a spiritual shelter-in-place order where we are not advancing in the Spirit. We are not praying. We are not pressing into God. We're not continuing to go after what He has for us, and we're just holding back. We're hiding out in the Spirit. In the name of Jesus, I want to just encourage you in the Word of the Lord says go. The word of the Lord says push forward. The word of the Lord says this is a time and place to rise and shine for my light is coming and my glory wants to rise on you and God is looking for men and women who will not be given to fear but who will trust him and who will go. Come on somebody say go. What does go mean? Well if you look it up in the dictionary it means to move or proceed. It speaks of action and movement. It also means to leave a place or depart. There's things God is calling us to move into in this time. And again, please hear me. Someone's going to get a clip of this and throw it out there saying the pastor is saying disobey a stay-at-home order. Listen, I'm, not talk, I'm talking spiritual, guys. I am talking spiritual. But I'm talking about looking for every way we can to say, listen, we are not going to shrink back. We're not going to retreat. We're not going to hide out and wait for this to be over. We're not going to hide out and pray for the rapture to come. No, listen, we are going to go and we're going to pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are going. We're also going to leave a place or depart. In other words, let's not get contained by the enemy. Let's not get contained by him. We are going. Come on, somebody say go. Furthermore, go means to have energy, spirit, or animation. Right? There is a fresh Holy Spirit energy. There is a spirit empowerment that he wants to bring into us, guys. Even through these summer months as we come into the fall. And yeah, be wise, be smart, know what you need to do. But God is saying, don't hide out. I'm calling you to go. I'm calling you to go online. I'm calling you to go in relationships with people. It is time to go. The Holy Spirit says, Go. You know, even if we look at the first verse we've been focusing on, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Gates are not offensive. Gates are defensive. In other words, even in this core DNA of he's talking when he's building, he said, listen, my church is called to be on the offensive. My church is called to go. We're not hiding out in the city behind the gates, hoping the devil doesn't get to us. No, listen, we're attacking every gate of hell. And Jesus said, the gates of hell will not prevail. Come on, somebody say it again, go. Uh, I, I, I was reading a great article recently, and I, I just thought something they said there was real powerful. I wanted to share it with you. It says, for a long time, inviting, bringing, and busing people to church seemed to work in our culture. 
In the last 75 years, we've seen shifts in strategy, but they not, that may not be as big as the future will require. Out of the bus ministry model, the mid-century, this is where they used to bus people to church, bus kids for Sunday school, some of you will remember that, came the seeker-friendly explosion of the late century. The seismic shift in the 21st century, though, has been the precipitous decline of people coming to church. The global pandemic accelerated the end of the come-to-us attractional church method. This conversation, often called the missional church approach, that has been around for a decade, still has not taken root in most churches because of what it implies. It signals that much of what we fund, staff, and focus on is the emperor with no clothes. If you remember that story about the emperor who had no clothes, but everyone told him he had beautiful clothes. So he went around with no clothes, but everyone was scared to tell him he had no clothes on until a child did. So in the same way, we, we live in a fantasy world sometimes, thinking that things are working, and sometimes we need a child to tell us it's not working. We need the next generation to say to us, this isn't working, we need to do something new. And so, so often what this guy's referring to was we've built around getting people to come to us. Now, does this mean no one is going to come to us? No, but it's speaking to the fact that God is calling us to go. Come on, somebody say it again where you are, go. Right? What we have an opportunity to ask is this. What if we focus as much energy on equipping our congregation to scatter, activating their faith outside the walls of the church, as much as we spend time on the gathered aspect of our life as a congregation? And this is by Greg Gibbs. Family, God is calling us to activate our faith outside the four walls of our church in an unprecedented level. Now, I'm not here to say that I've been happy with us not being able to meet, that I've been happy with the lockdowns. I miss everybody. I miss meeting. Gathering together is always going to be a big part of what we do. But what if in this season, one of the things that the Holy Spirit wanted to teach us was that being the church was not just about coming to a service, right? Someone says, well, they're stopping us from having church. Listen, they can't stop us from having church because we are the church. And as long as we're worshiping Jesus and we're connecting together, whatever possible, we're being the church. Now, they might stop us from gathering in a Sunday context, and I'm looking forward to when we can get back, but there's something that's bigger here. Maybe is God saying to us, listen, you can't just hang out and hide out inside the four walls and hope that people come. The gates of hell are not going to prevail against a church that's on the offensive, against a church that's moving forward. Guys, this is the legacy we want to build. We want to be a church that goes. Come on, somebody say it's go time. It is go time. And in this coming season, more than ever, guys, let's go. Let's go. Let's not hide out. Let's be with Jesus and let's go. It is go time. He's building his church. His church is advancing. The gates of hell are not going to prevail. That's my first thought out of this passage. This now leads me to my second thought because the question is, what are we going to go with? Right? It's one thing to go, but you better know what you're going to go with. So what are we going to go with? And that's what I want to bring your attention to the second word from this passage, which is the gospel. Come on, somebody say the gospel. We are called to go with the gospel. Now, what does the word gospel mean? Gospel means this. If you actually study out the original language, it means good tidings or it means good news. So whenever you see the word gospel in the scriptures, it is talking about the good news of what God has done what God is doing, or what God wants to do for his people. This is the gospel. 
And I believe that God wants to bring us back in a fresh way and a fresh perspective to going with the gospel. We are called to go with the gospel. Guys, Toronto needs the gospel of Jesus Christ. The GTA needs the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our culture right now needs the gospel. The things that people have put their trust in have either failed or are failing or are going to fail, and they are going to be looking for what is a firm foundation I can build on? What can I put my faith and my hope and my trust in? And God is looking for his church to go with the gospel to go with the good news of what Jesus has done, what Jesus currently is doing, and what Jesus wants to do with their life. But there has to be people who are willing to go with the gospel. Come on, somebody say, go with the gospel. And I feel right now in this season that God wants to bring us back just to the simplicity of the gospel. He wants to bring us back to the simplicity of the gospel in our lives, and he wants to bring us back to a simplicity of going with the gospel. Come on, somebody say, we're called to go with the gospel. See, we see in Mark 1.14 that Jesus came preaching the gospel. We then see, as we've read here in Mark chapter 16, that Jesus said, go and preach the gospel. Go and tell people the good news of what I've done, what I'm doing, and what I'm going to do. And furthermore, we see that Paul said in Romans 1.16, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And guys, what I love about the gospel is the gospel is the good news that we can be born again. The gospel is the good news that we can spend eternity instead of in the lake of fire, but we can spend eternity with Jesus ruling and reigning. The gospel is also good news that by his stripes we were healed. The gospel is also good news that we can be delivered from every demonic power and every demonic force. The gospel is good news that there is provision for us, that our God meets all our needs according to his riches and glory. The gospel is the good news that even in the midst of the craziness of the world around us right now, we are not alone. We are not forgotten. We are not abandoned. God is with us and he is for us and greater is he in us than anything that we are going to face in the world. That no matter what goes on around us, that we have Jesus in the boat with us and we might be in the middle of a storm, but as long as Jesus is in your boat, your boat is not going to sink. Guys, this is the good news of the gospel. This is the good news that he wants us to bring. He wants us to bring the gospel to our city. He wants us to bring the gospel to our region. He is calling us to make a fresh commitment to the gospel. And I believe even as we're talking about legacy, he's calling us to build a legacy that we are a church that is built on and committed to going with the gospel. You know, it's amazing. There's, there's so much more I could say about this and, and, and we'll talk about it much more because this is part of what I really believe God's called us to latch us into is there's, there's, there's gonna be a fresh focus on the gospel that we become even more gospel-centered, that we become even more gospel-focused, that we become even more gospel-empowered. And so there's, there's some things that God wants to do in us and we're, we're gonna take time over the next, you know, the second half of this year to really zero in on this. But, but just again, Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Right? It's the power of God unto salvation. There's so, I mean, oh man, I just get excited thinking about it, but I can't get too far down that road today. But here's where we want to be a church that's about the gospel. We want to be people that are about the gospel and not just about it for ourselves, but taking it to as many people as possible. That is the legacy that we want to build. 
don't know if you've noticed this, but even in church life, in, in my life, in, in our personal lives, it's so easy to get so focused on so many other things that don't matter like the gospel matters. Right? Paul said, I'm not ashamed the gospel, it's the power of God unto salvation. And we can get focused on so many other things, but I believe God's just like, no, come back to the gospel. Not even like we were fully off it. I, I think there's lots of elements we were, but can we go even more into it? Can we dive deeper? Yes. Can we build a legacy of the gospel? Amen. That's what we're going to do. That's what we're about. Come on, somebody say go with the gospel. Right? So when we're talking about legacy, we want to build a legacy for generations to come that we're going, that we're going with the gospel. And the third thing I want to just show you or emphasize out of this passage is simply this, where it says, to all the world and to all creation. Or as the New Living Translation says, to every person. We are called to go with the gospel to all the world and to every person. In other words, our mission is to get to as many people as we possibly can. Now, are we going to be able to get to everybody? No, we're, we're part of the larger body of Christ. It'd be arrogant for us to think that we could get to everybody ourselves, but here's what we can do. We can say we will get to as many people and we'll get to as many worlds as we possibly can. You know, it's interesting. When you look at this word world, go into all the world, it's the Greek word cosmos. Now, obviously, first and foremost, it's talking about the world. The church's mission is to take the gospel to the world. But if you dig deeper into the Greek word cosmos, that word does not just mean the physical globe. Literally, it talks about spheres of influence or political structured systems that are set up. In other words, it's very correct to say when he's saying go into all the world, he is talking about every world. He's saying, get the gospel into every world. How many know that there are multiple worlds within our world? What do I mean by this? Well, there's a business world. There's a education world, right? My, my, my children love video gaming. There's a whole video game world. I mean, they're, they're using lingo and talking about things. I have no idea what they're talking about. I got to text Timotheus and be like, what are they talking about? What is this? Because it's a whole world. There's a world that carries values and that people are connected into. We are called to get the gospel into every world. We are called to take the gospel to every person that we possibly can and get the gospel out to as many people as we possibly can. And guys, in this day, if we haven't woken up to it yet, the time is short. If there was any time that we said, let's get rid of the fluff, let's, let's make sure we focus on the things that really matter and let's go with the gospel to all the world and to every person we possibly can. can we commit together and build a legacy even for the next generation that we're people that put a priority on going with the gospel to every world and going with the gospel to every single person. You know, I'm reminded of Luke 15, 1 to 10, and I just, I want you to hear this. You, you'll be familiar with it, but hear this passage in light of this heart to go with the gospel to everyone possible. It says this, Verse 1, tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. So Jesus told them this story. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go search for the lost one until he finds it? And when he's found it, Will he joyfully carry it home on his shoulders? When he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors and say, Rejoice with me, because I found my lost sheep. 
In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. Or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Won't she light a lamp and sweep the entire house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she'll call her friends and neighbors and say, rejoice with me because I've found my lost coin. In the same way, there is a joy in the presence of God's angels when even one sinner repents. Now, guys, I know many of us are familiar with that passage. We've read it. We've talked about it. We've preached out of it. Here's my prayer. My prayer is the heart of what Jesus is saying that will mark us in a fresh way. Going after the one. Searching for that last coin. See, if you look in context, Luke 15 is all talking about the heart of God. It's not just talking about what heart we should have. It's literally talking about the heart of our Father. And the more we walk with Him, the more we commune with Him, the more we grow to be like Him, we catch the same heart. See, so this heart says we're going to do everything we can. Like, all our job is to share it. We can't make anybody receive it. But we'll do everything we can to bring the gospel to Toronto. We're going to do everything we can to bring the gospel to the GTA. We're going to do everything we can to get into every world we can, to minister to every person we can, to bring the gospel. Right? Because it says there's even joy. There's this great joy in the presence of God angels. All of heaven rejoices even when one sinner repents. Even when one person receives the gospel. It sets off a party in heaven. And so, Father, I just pray right now. I want to take a moment to pray. Just put yourself in the position of God. I pray that we will catch this heart. God, it's not just about getting an idea in our head. It's about catching your heart. And it's catching your heart to go with the gospel to every world and to every person that we possibly can. In Jesus' name. Now, just in closing, before we take communion and we pray over our legacy offering, I, I want to share with you very practically two really key areas I believe that God is calling us to go. These are two areas. Uh, we've focused on them in the past in different ways, but I feel like they're going to move to the forefront as two key areas that we need to lean into as a church family, even through the rest of 2021 into 2022 and going forward. The first is going in meeting the needs of people. I believe that God is calling us, even as we want to go with the gospel, I believe that God is calling us, and it's part of his strategy for the church in this season, is to go and to love people and to meet their practical needs, which will open a door to bring the gospel. God is calling us to go to our city, to serve our city, and to demonstrate the love of Jesus in very real and practical ways. Guys, come on, let's talk about this. We have not yet come even close to seeing all the collateral damage of the last year and a quarter. All that's happened with the lockdowns, the shutdowns, business losses, kids being out of school, we have barely scratched the surface of all the collateral damage of what's gone on. There is going to be economic crisis. There is mental health crisis. There's going to be political crisis. There's going to be all kinds of things that are going on. And in the middle of this, and I don't mean to be cliched, but the church, we need to be the hands and feet of Jesus, not just telling people that God loves them, but finding ways to serve them, to show them that God loves them. You know, we're focusing on healing in the supernatural. Again, we didn't do healing school Sunday today, but we're leaning into that as a church family. That's really important because that's showing the love of Jesus. That's part of the gospel. 
We are also focused on growing, but we want to grow on top of that. We want to focus on how can we serve those around us? How can we meet the needs of our community? How can we meet the needs of our city? How can we show them the love of God in tangible and real ways? And I believe more than ever, this is going to be one of the major doors that God is going to open to us to love and reach and serve people. Uh, you know, there was a, a quote from Bruce Shelley in Church History in Plain Language. I shared it with you actually several months ago in a message, but I think it speaks so powerfully to what was happening in the early church, but what God wants to do now. It said, third, the practical expression of Christian love was probably among the most powerful causes of Christian success. He's talking about how the gospel was just growing and exploding in the Roman Empire. So he's telling us why. It says, Tertullian tells us that pagans remarks see how these Christians love one another. The pagans' words were sincere. Christian love found expression in the care of the poor, of widows and orphans, in visits to brethren in prison and those condemned to living death in the mines, and in acts of compassion during a famine, an earthquake, or a war. That is why the gospel was advancing so strongly. It was because the Christians were standing out by the way they love people and they fearlessly serve people and met their needs. There's actually different historians will say that one of the things that still Christians is when plagues would hit cities and everyone else would flee, leave people to die, leave people dying in their homes, the Christians would go fearlessly and serve them. And many would be protected, some ultimately died, but there was something that stood out so much to people. Why? Because they didn't just talk the talk, but they walked the walk. And guys, God is bringing us into a new season of walking the walk. And so through the rest of this year, obviously, there's still some limitations we're working through right now, but God is going to be growing us, and we're going to be moving strategically forward as a church, saying, how are we serving our city? How are we loving our city? We don't want it just to be a sidebar issue, but it needs to come to the forefront. It needs to come right into the middle that we are serving. How can we form strategic partnerships to love people in Jesus' name and see that open the door to the gospel? Now, there's an old phrase that uh, I'm sure many of you heard, but I think it's just so appropriate to bring up once again. If your church suddenly disappeared one day, would anybody in your community even notice? And would anybody even care? I want to be the kind of church that if one day we just up and disappeared, there would be a lot of people that noticed, and there'd be a lot of people who have cared because we were impacting people with the love of Jesus. Right? So this is the one thing we're going to lean into. The second area we're going to lean into in going and, and again, we're, we're going to grow in this. Like, it's not going to be, oh, next month, we got this all perfectly worked out. This is what we're growing into, is we're going to go into the online world, right? So we're going to go physically out into our community and meet the needs of people. But secondly, we're going to go into the online world. Guys, I don't know if you know this, but right now we are in the midst of the greatest revolution in culture and society since the invention of the printing press. See, when the printing press was invented in, forgive me, I believe it's the 1400s, 1500s in that range, might got my dates off a little bit, it literally changed the world. Because all of a sudden now, information could be communicated and shared in a way that was never possible before. It really was catalytic to moving Western civilization out of the Dark Ages and moving them into what they called the Enlightenment period. Why? Because it, 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 it changed the way information was shared. 
And literally, it's interesting, most of the people living during that time would not have realized that they were living in a time of revolution. They just were living in that time. We are living in the greatest revolution since that when it comes to what's happening with the internet and with the online world. Furthermore, we are moving and the change is happening at a vastly accelerated pace. It's unprecedented the way things are changing. My son was just mentioning to me, he said, Dad, did you know that they say Google doubles the information it holds every single year? It just keeps doubling all the information that's there. Now, there's much that we could talk about this. There's challenges, there's opportunities, there's definitely disadvantages. But here's what my saying to you guys is this. It's, it's in this time, if we're going to take the gospel into every world, there's a massive world called the online world right now. There is a massive world called the online world, and we are called to take the gospel. And I, I don't believe this should be a secondary thing. I actually believe that this is one of the primary callings on our church, and it's part of what God's engaging us into, is that we would take the gospel into the online world that we'll take the gospel into this world and that every person online is, is that we're going to reach every person we possibly can. Now, let me explain why this is important. We can reach people online who will never set foot inside of our church. Some of them because of personal preference. Some of them because even coming out of COVID, there's going to be people that still don't want to go into big gatherings. Some of them because they live in an isolated area or they live halfway around the world. They'd never physically show up at our church. But through online, we can reach people that we never get coming here personally. So why wouldn't we take advantage of that and do it? Furthermore, even if we could get people to come here, we have physical limitations. I mean, oh, pack this assembly out. We can fit 300. Run a couple services. You can get 600, 900, 1,000, right? Build phase three get a thousand seat auditorium. Yeah, we can expand, but still we're limited to, there's only so many services we could run. There's only so many people that can come. We are limited, but when you go online, your reach is unlimited. You can get to as many people as you can get to log into what you're doing. Think about that. Why would we not go after that and leverage that? Furthermore, through online, you can literally impact people around the world. Even now, there's people that are being blessed or encouraged or impacted by what's happening in Toronto State Church, and they're literally in other nations, right? Guys, this is revolutionary. For centuries, you were limited to who you could preach to in person. That is how it worked. Many preachers throughout the years, faithful to the Lord, incredible men and women of God, many preachers would have preached to a few hundred people in their entire lifetime. And that simply would simply because they live in a small community, there's people can get to them if they can walk to them. They could maybe travel and preach somewhere else, but they could only get so far. So many preachers would have only spoke to a couple hundred people, maybe over and over again, but they would have impacted a couple hundred people in their entire lifetime. You know, it's interesting, it goes forward. If we think of Billy Graham, that the great man of God and evangelist, many people still think he's probably preached to more people in person than anyone else in history. And they, they, they guessed me. I mean, it, it, give or take a few, but a hundred million people that he preached to in person. But guys, watch this, right? So you go back historically, many men and women of God only preached to a couple hundred people throughout their entire life, right? And then even with Billy Graham, yes, a hundred million people, which is incredible. What happens if you get a viral video right? Can you reach a million people? Can you reach two million? Can you reach 10 million? 
with our truly viral video, you can do that in a matter of days, guys, sometimes in a matter of hours. Think about the exponential opportunity that's in front of us to go with the gospel. And I'm not just talking about me sitting up here and preaching a gospel message. I'm talking about creative ways, things that we can create that take the good news of Jesus and what he's done, what he's doing, what he's going to do in people's lives. And we find creative ways and then we, we invest and we get it into the online world. It literally could reach millions of people. Guys, if, if the Apostle Paul was alive today, I promise you, he would be looking for every opportunity he could to leverage the internet to reach as many people as possible. And in the name of Jesus, I believe that we are called to do the same. Let me give you an example. We're gonna live stream. We've got a Sunday. The power of God descends. Someone gets up out of a wheelchair. That's on video. That's going out there. How many people could that touch? Now, it'd be powerful. It's just here within a room. I mean, man, I, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to happen. It is going to happen. But if we are good stewards of our reach throughout the online world and the internet, instead of just impacting the few hundred people who are in the room and then the people we tell about, you literally could have it go to millions. Now, obviously, I know it's not a perfect science, and I'm not predicting everything we do is ultimately going to go viral and reach millions, but all it takes is for God to breathe on one thing. Right? All it takes is for the Holy Spirit just to, to move one thing forward. Will we create things that the Holy Spirit can breathe on? Will we steward and will we go online and just say, okay, we're going to create it. Holy Spirit, you breathe on it and let's get to as many people as we possibly can. Right? You know, for, for, for a number of years now, we've talked a lot about this and we've dreamed about investing online, but what COVID did was COVID accelerated us. And so even as we come back in person, and we're going to start gathering back together. We are going to keep leaning in with everything we have to online. We're going to be an in-person organization, but we're also going to be an online organization that is doing everything possible to reach as many people possible in as many places as possible in the name of Jesus. Now, here are some practical ways. How are we going to do this? Well, number one, we are definitely going to live stream. That's one of the reasons why this legacy offering is so important, because we needed to upgrade the gear. We needed to upgrade the lights. We need to get a second soundboard so that it can take the signal online properly. There's things we needed to do. But then when we live stream, it gives the Holy Spirit something to breathe on. It gives literally people around the world, as we experience more and more of a move of God, it, it gives the opportunity for people around the world to connect into what's happening. So we're going to do it through live streaming. Number two, it's going to happen through creating content. We are going to create content that's going to encourage believers, and we're going to create content that is going to reach people who do not know Jesus. And I'm talking about creative content. I'm not just talking about talking head. We, if we've got equipment, and we have creativity, and we have anointing, who knows what we can create that will impact people with the gospel, right? So we're setting ourselves up. We're getting everything in place so we can create content. And number three, and I'm particularly excited about this, we're going to live stream we're going to create content. But number three, we're going to disciple a generation. I know some of you listening to me, and you're, just, you're still trying to figure out the online world, and you're kind of like, man, someone says TikTok. You're like, tick what? I mean, we don't know. But we have a generation growing up right now who are what they would call digital natives. This is so normal to them. My daughter talks to me about wanting to be a YouTube star right? I mean, they, they, to them, it's very normal. So what if we provide an infrastructure and build an incubator so the Holy Spirit can rest on the generation that's coming up.
And all of a sudden, they've got a creative idea that can take the gospel. And instead of them having to kind of raise money and figure out, we've already got all the infrastructure there for them. And we can just disciple them and grow them up and then boom, just release them out there. What can God do, guys? What can God do if we build generationally? This is what legacy is all about. So in closing, and thank you for giving me a little extra time today because I wanted to share this from my heart. We're going to take communion and we're going to pray over our legacy offering together in just a moment. So what do we do? Well, number one, we need to pray these things. We need to pray it. Come on, somebody say pray it. We are a house of prayer. The foundation of what God's building here is prayer. We're going to go deeper in prayer, but we need to pray into this. We need to pray into legacy. We need to pray that we'll be able to go and serve our city. We need to pray into going online. We need to cover these things in prayer. Everything is going to be fueled by prayer. So let's keep digging into prayer. Number two, we need to live it. In other words, we need to live living out the gospel ourselves, right? The next generation is not going to catch as much what we say. They're going to catch who we are. Right? And so we need to live out a gospel priority. We need to live out that we're getting the gospel to everyone we possibly can. You know, sometimes we think, well, man, my efforts don't seem like they're making that much of an impact. But never doubt what God can do, even with your five loaves and your two fishes. Never doubt what he can do if you just get it into his hands. And never doubt what he might do through, you may feel like you don't make a huge impact, but there's a next generation son or daughter who's watching you and your life and your prayer and your passion is impacting them. And all of a sudden they go and they reach thousands or even millions of people, but part of it was because of your faithfulness, right? It's like Andy Stanley said, and I've shared this before, the greatest impact you have on the kingdom of God may not be something you do, but someone you raise. Or could I say a next generation young child that you inspire? Come on, somebody say legacy. So we need to pray it. We need to live it. And then last but not least, we need to give to it. And that is what our legacy offering is about today. Our legacy offering is about giving into what God's doing. It's about giving, number one, as we said, to a Joseph fund to help us make sure we navigate this season well over the next several months. Number two, though, it's giving into the sound and giving into the lights. Why? So we can be ready to go into the online world in a real excellent, outstanding way. So we can be ready. We can have gear and things in place so we can disciple the next generation. We can platform what God's doing through their lives, that we can platform creativity. We need to give to this, guys. And so I want to encourage you. I want to call on you. Legacy is about sacrificing now so the next generation can soar. And part of the way we sacrifice is through our giving. As you know how we do this, and we've said it many times, Pray, ask God what to do. But I want you to catch the dream today and catch the spirit of building legacy. And what can we do together with God if we will just hear him and we will obey? So on the very practical note, as we've mentioned to you, we've sent out the details. You can give a one-time offering or you can make a monthly or a bi-weekly, whatever works within your pledge over the next several months. But we are believing God to make sure we've got some good financial uh, cushion in place to navigate the season, but also to get the sound and this light system together. And I thank you in advance for being part of this because your giving is gonna help us go with the gospel to more people than we ever have before. All right, everyone. Well, if you don't have it with you yet, I want to encourage you, go grab your communion elements, 
because we're going to take communion together as we do at the beginning of every month. But I think it's very special because we're going to take communion as we give in this legacy offering. You know, as we are giving or as we make our pledge or, or whatever, you know, whatever is working within our worlds. We're, we want to, you know, we're, we're doing this for the gospel going forward, guys. We're doing this to move forward. We're doing this to build legacy. And, and so we want to commit this to the Lord. We want to commit this to him. We're, we're committing ourselves again. Where Jesus came and he, his body was broken and his blood was shed. And, and that was because he, he did it for us. And, and that we would have this same heart to do it for as many people and to reach as many people as we possibly could to go with the gospel into every world, to go with the gospel to every person possible. And so on the night that Jesus was betrayed, the Bible says he took bread, he broke it. He said, this is my body which is broken for you. Whenever you eat this, do so in remembrance of me. Let's eat this together today in remembrance of him and his broken body. Scriptures also say he took the cup. So this is my blood which is shed for you for the remission of sins. Whenever you drink this, do so in remembrance of me. Let's drink together today in remembrance of him. Father, we come before you today and we thank you for legacy. We thank you for the legacy that you've built, the legacy that was in Jesus, your heart for generations. And because of what Jesus did, that generation upon generation upon generation are saved and free and can know you, that we're here today because of what Jesus did. And I pray you would mark us with that. And I pray that we would have that heart ourselves now, just in a fresh way to build for generations. Lord, we pray, particularly today, as we are committing our legacy offering to you. Lord, I know there's many people that have already given. Lord, but I pray for those who are preparing to give. Lord, I pray that each one of us will simply ask you, what is my part in this right now? What are you asking me to do? And they will hear and that they will obey. Lord, I thank you that you're doing something fresh and new in us regarding being a gospel-centered church that's going with the gospel to every world and to every person possible. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity we have even to go into the online world in some new and unprecedented ways. This entire season has really accelerated us in this. But Lord, we just, we commit ourselves to you, God, even as we're preparing, you know, take up this offering that's going to help us with sound and lights. These, these things are committed to you. They're dedicated to you. It's not just so we can have bells and whistles. These are tools that are dedicated to help us getting the gospel to as many people as we possibly can. And Lord, I thank you for every person that is giving sacrificially. God, again, whether it's a one-time offering, whether they are making a pledge, Father, I thank you in Jesus' name for their heart to give. I thank you for their obedience. And Lord, I thank you for your blessing on their obedience in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray if there's some who maybe have, you know, we're, we're kind of going with what they thought naturally made sense, God, but you're saying, no, no, this is what I'm saying to you, that, that we'll hear that and we'll obey in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you we can never outgive you. And I thank you for just uh, what you are going to do through this. I thank you for the seed that's sown. I thank you that we are building legacy for generations in Jesus' name. Everyone agreed, said, 
Amen, amen, amen. Let me, let me pray for this too. Father, even though we didn't do formally healing school Sunday today, in Jesus' name, we pray healing and deliverance over every person watching. God, I pray even today, is, there's, there's something powerful even in our giving as people take steps of faith. Whatever way they're doing it, God, I thank you for healing bodies. I thank you for healing mind. I thank you for healing emotions in Jesus' name. And so we agree for this. We thank you for this, Lord. We love you so much. And we thank you for us in Jesus' name. And everyone agreed, said, amen. All right, so let me remind you again on the practical side. We've sent out an email. There's a link that's also coming up for you to, to, to connect into your giving. But again, you can give a one-time offering that's part of your legacy, or you could give a monthly or a bi-weekly commitment. You can make a pledge over the next number of months, and you can commit to give on a regular basis towards this. Again, on a very practical note, it's going to help us make sure we have this Joseph fund to navigate the season, but also to get the lights, to get the sound upgrades that we need so that we can do an even better job of coming back in person, but also continuing to live stream and go online. So thank you so much. I just want to say, even from now, thank you for being part. Thank you for sowing. Thank you for giving. All right. Well, before we go, one last thing today. I know you've had a lot of me today, but I want to make sure I cannot preach about the gospel and not give people an opportunity to get saved. And so if you're watching this today and you realize I am not right with God, so the Bible teaches us that God loves us with an everlasting love, but we've been separated from that love by sin. Because of sin, we deserve judgment. We deserve eternal, eternal punishment. I'm not just pointing the finger at you. I'm talking about me. I'm talking about us all. That's the bad news. Here's the good news. Jesus came. He lived a perfect life. He died and he rose again. He said, if you'll put your faith and trust in me, I will do a great exchange. And I will take the punishment you should have gotten, the judgment I'll take on me, and I'll actually give you eternal life. And you're not going to have to spend eternally in judgment, but you can spend eternity with me. All you have to do is make a decision to receive it. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Sin equals death, but there's a gift of eternal life. How do you get a gift? Well, you just receive it. It's free. You don't have to earn it. It's here for you, but you do have to make a decision to receive it. So we're going to pray a prayer right now. And if you're listening to me and you know you need to give your life to Jesus, or maybe you did before, but you've fallen away and you know you need to come back, I want you to pray this from the bottom of your heart right now. Say, Jesus, thank you for your love for me. Thank you that you came for me. Thank you that you died. Thank you that you rose again. Today I turn my back on sin and I commit my life to you. Fill me, forgive me, free me. I want to follow you. In Jesus' name. Here's why I want to encourage you. If you prayed that prayer from your heart, God heard you and you have now been saved. Now, there's a journey to start walking out with God. We want to help you on that journey. Would you just contact us and let us know? Some information's coming up the screen for you, but would you let us know if you've made that decision? Would you let us know if you've made that commitment? We just want to support you and back you in that. Thank you so much for that, and thank you for giving us that opportunity. But anyways, we want to bring things to a close. Again, went a little longer today, but thank you for just rolling with me on this. It was a big Sunday. It was an important Sunday. Again, if you have any questions at all, you have questions about legacy offering, you have questions about some of the other things going on, just reach out, let us know. We're excited about when we can start to move back to in-person, but we're going to continue to keep leaning in and pressing forward here online as well, because we want to just keep 
advancing. We're, we're going with the gospel, guys. And I'm so excited over the next several months to see what else God does as we put this fresh focus together. But anyways, thank you again so much for being here today. We love you. God bless you. I'm going to turn it back to our hosts. Thank you so much for joining us today. We were honored to have you. If you have any questions or if there's any way that we can serve you, please let us know.